0: I'm on. Great. Let everyone want to take their seats. Yeah. Bend. Oh, sorry. There we go. Good morning, everyone. A very warm welcome to you all. A very warm welcome to anyone who hasn't been in a while, and for those who might be here for the first time. Um, before we get started with today's service, I've just got a few short, short notices to say. This, or not this Friday evening, but next Friday evening on the 28th, B Kids, the youngest of the two Friday night groups, will be having a prayer stations evening. And actually, so will the youth as well. Last year we did this, and you were all invited to that. You are still invited to that again this year if you would like to come along and take part and to see what we're all up to but you also have the opportunity to possibly chat with some parents who might be coming to the Be Kids one, so for the younger ones as well. And could you also pray for that, that parents would come along and would get involved in what we're doing as well. It's a really good way of pushing out to some of the parents and families of the children that we're working with. Messy Church. Messy Church, we are now looking for helpers to help with food. There's no... Nothing to bring, nothing to cook. You're not taking the lead in any way. We just need some help in the kitchen on messy church sessions. So if you could, if you could do that, if you feel like you could give up a a Saturday for us, then please do come and speak to myself or via Kellyn at some stage. Thank you. Um, Brian, I believe, has a notice very quickly. Thank you, Brian. Um, Speaking on the month of prayer, just a reminder that the church is open every day throughout the month of prayer from the times of 1 till 2, uh, 12 to 1, sorry. Please do come along. Feel free to use the church. Encourage people who you might know who need prayer to use the church. It's a real time for the community to come together and use this place and a real benefit for us to have this building open. So please do feel free to come along 12 to 1 during the day and use this place to just pray or to be together. And my final notice, not my final notice, I apologise. Yes, my final notice. Is next week, it is my welcome service, which feels a bit weird saying that in front of all of you now. But next week is my welcome service. I will be very, very glad to be welcomed into this church and to get to know you all a bit more. But food is required, because afterwards we will be having a fellowship lunch. So if anyone feels like they could provide food, or if there's any food which anyone would like to give, or would like to think about that, please see Roz at some point after this service, or at any point, just to talk to her about food, and if you can bring anything. That's all the notices for today, and all I need to do now for you is introduce our next song, which is... Crown him with many crowns, if you'd all like to stand.
1: I'd like to uh, repeat the welcome to uh, people who've joined us during that song just before. Uh, It's great to see you here this morning. And we believe we're in for a really great time of God being with us, of the Holy Spirit filling this service, of there being joy and happiness and learning. So uh, that's great news. Please stand. And we're going to pray together a call to worship. We come to praise and honor God in word, in thought, and in action. We come to give God our full attention, to worship, and to offer our lives. Amen. Please be seated.
0: wonderful. So again, great to see you all. Now, do we have any children who would like to come to the front and help me out with something, children or young people, because I've got an activity which does require some real bravery. Who wants to come up? Is anyone brave enough? Anyone? Laz? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well.
1: I am brave enough. I can see that.
0: <laughs>
1: so i just almost brave enough.
0: If not, if not, that's fair enough. But I want to explain. Well Go on, yes. Now, you might now be regretting this, but don't worry. It's fine. You'll be fine. In this box, I have something I consider to be extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. And I think, really, we should handle this with caution. So come on and have a look at this with me. And then we need to show everyone what this is. Do you think, that's, do you, think you could do that for me? Do you think that's dangerous enough?
2: Um. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: Three, two, one, turn around. <laughs> go on, you can go and sit down now if you want. <laughs> well done. Thank you for that. <laughs> so the point of that is, is actually our tongues are incredibly dangerous. We have a choice of how we use our words. We have a choice of what we do with our words. And actually it's incredible because we can build people up or we could tear them down. We could tell truth or we can tell lies with our words. And what's really, really important is that this is our choice. This is up to us what we do with this. And that's the theme of today's service. How do we use our words? What is the power of our words? What I want to do now is encourage you all, just for a couple of minutes, just to talk to the person around you or in groups around you, for a couple of minutes about when was the last time someone said something to you that made your day, that really lifted you up and made you happy? And what was it? What was it that was said in that time around the outside around the outside of this room or in this room there are loads of little tongues which have been printed out loads of little tongues and i encourage all of the children and young people find as many of them as they can and bring them back to me You've got a couple of minutes go <laughs> I'll let the children continue to look for them. If the children find any more tongues, please do bring them back to me. <laughs> any more? Any more? Yay! A few more here. Thank you. I think that's all of them. That's all of them, so I now have in my hand all of the tongues. The idea behind that was to get the children to run around finding these tongues, and on each of these is printed or written down by me and my scribble some of the words that we can use to honour each other, to honour ourselves, to honour God. And I just want to read a few of them out as we're going through. So, thank you. I love you. big word that we all use a lot is love. Let me help you, praise the Lord, God loves you, you are amazing, well done, you are loved, God is great, and I love God, and I hope, hello you two, and I hope, that as you were all running around picking those up, you had some brilliant conversations about all of the amazing things that people have said to you recently. Hello, you two, you all right? right. what are you doing? I'll move out of the way. Go on, you can play there now. Go on. <laughs> so I just hope that, that, <laughs> you've completely stolen my attention. <laughs> so I just hope that from now on in, from this week, a challenge for you all is: how can we use our words this week? What can we do to make other people's days? How can we glorify God? How can we glorify ourselves? How can we be generous with the words that we use?
1: So that was all I had to say. Thank you. Well, now, um, someone actually three different people in the church have spoken to me recently about the fact that we're in a bit of a muddle with what we read in the Bible. Not what we read, but the sort of version of the Bible. We read it from because we have one version up there, one version in the pews. We all read a different one. You're not going to be in trouble today because this is my personal translation. So it's not really, but it's... um. Now, the other thing, we talk about God, and there's three great big huge words we use about God. Omnipotent, which means all-powerful omniscient, which is very hard, which means all-knowing, and omnipresent, so like three superpowers, which means always there. But Jesus wasn't like that because Jesus was in a human body. So Jesus didn't know what people thought about him. So he asked his disciples, and this is the story from Mark's gospel of when Jesus asked his disciples, what did people think of him? So we're going to read this. I'll be the little narrator here. And uh, we've got the words of Jesus coming from Christine and the words of Peter and the disciples uh, coming from Fiona. So perhaps we will. One day, Jesus and his 12 followers were in the north of the country at Caesarea Philippi. As they were chatting together, Jesus asked them,
3: Who do the crowds think I am?
1: The disciples gave several answers, including...
3: John the Baptist, Elijah, or a prophet from long ago. Yes, but what about you, my close followers? What do you think? You are the Messiah, the Christ.
1: And then Peter replied...
3: But I'm Jesus. <laughs> now remember. <laughs> you are the Messiah. Now, remember don't say anything about this, not to anyone. Don't tell them that I am the Christ.
1: After this conversation, Jesus told the disciples clearly that he would become hated by the priests the leaders, and the teachers.
3: They will get me killed, and three days later, I will come alive
1: again. Peter took Jesus off and began arguing with him about these future events.
3: No, Jesus, that can't be right. I will protect you.
1: But Jesus turned and gave Peter a long look.
3: That is Satan speaking, you see. You are thinking on an earthly level, not as God thinks.
1: Then Jesus called all his disciples and all the crowd together and began teaching them.
3: If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the angels.
1: And we're going to uh, sing again, and we're going to sing um, This I Believe. Now, this is the actually like the creed, for those of you who've been in churches where they say the creed, which is just a great thing to do, to say what we believe about God. So we're going to sing This I Believe. Please be standing.
4: Father everlasting, the all creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior, I believe in Church and our defender, suffering and crucified, forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, we rose in glorious light, forever seated high. I believe in. God is three in one I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again saints communion and in your holy church i believe in the resurrection when jesus comes again for i believe in the name of jesus i believe in god our father i believe in christ the son i believe in the holy spirit our god is three in one i believe in the resurrection that we will rise again for i believe
5: Um, The Power of Words. George Bernard Shaw observed, and I quote, England and America are two nations divided by a common language. When living for just a year in America, Richard and I discovered the truth of his words. You see, when I asked my new friend, with whom I was making an arrangement to meet during the week, to give me a ring, she looked at me very puzzled. So I learned to suggest that she'd give me a call in order to ensure that she didn't think I was trying to get any precious metals out of her. And I changed other expressions I was familiar with, too, to ensure we weren't talking at cross-purposes for the whole of that year. Pete Gregg, through whom God has brought the worldwide 24-7 prayer movement into being, speaks of these confusions hilariously on page 373 of his new book, recently published, Dirty Glory, which, by the way, is a must-read for Christians and the Christian church in our time. And of course, we all know of the power of words and how some world leaders are currently using them to confuse and play, play games with the truth. Let's reflect on some examples of, rec- of relatively recent use in which words have been used ethically or non-ethically, unethically to influence I don't think I need to explain picture number one if you've been watching the news this week and watching what's going on on the television. That was um, on court on Monday, I think. Um, Powerful words that reduced her, um, the person she was playing with, um, to tears. Maybe there was truth in the words, but how we use them and when we use them. Um, The one to the right of that, don't know whether you would know what story that is from this week, but it's the governor of South Carolina using words to try to persuade people that they won't be safe where they are and they need to leave, they need to leave their homes. I certainly don't need to um, explain the one in the bottom left-hand corner um, because I think we're all very aware of Mr. Trump and on the right of that is um, Sally Phillips who a couple of years ago spoke out against the um, acceptance of using tests before a baby is born to decide whether to keep that baby or whether to, um, to end the pregnancy. She herself has a Down syndrome baby And so she was jumping into the, well actually she was creating a debate, I do believe she was creating a debate because I think that there was just a general acceptance (coughs) and she was uh, creating the debate, if we deny someone the chance to be born because we've decided they won't meet some predetermined measure of status or achievement then we've failed to grasp what it means to be human. Very powerful words. Actually, they actually changed my mind. Um, At least to think about that whole issue of testing before a baby is born. So the power of words, they can be so impactful. Last week, Ian preached on the subject, when you believe in God, but do not know him. And this week, that subject comes up again. As you will see from the, the reading that we just had read to us in, in, um, by several people, um, in Jesus' discussion with Peter about who he is and how much Peter un- had understood of who, who Jesus was and how he, was, how he still had lots to learn. You see, it's important that one of the first and actually ongoing things that we do to get to know, when we first become Christians, is to get to know God better. It will protect our faith because there is a real danger to our faith when we're disappointed that God has not done what we expected him to do. We can feel angry and let down. We can feel confused that he didn't answer our prayers. We can have a feeling that we got it wrong because we didn't follow a particular way of asking God, a particular code, if we want him to answer our prayers. And we might even feel that God is too busy answering other people's prayers and he just hasn't got around to me yet. That can make us feel really worthless. So how do we get to know more about the nature of God? Well, by getting to know the Bible better, we should be feasting on the Bible. Bible reading notes, which are prolific and um, all of them probably, most of them really good. If you want to ask more, then have a word with me or Richard or Ben at the end of this service. Because you see, all of that will help us to understand the nature of God reading his word. John Stott once said in a sermon, it is the nature of a fish to live in water. It is in water that he becomes all that he can be in his fishiness. God cannot do anything or be anything that is, it is not within his nature to be. So when we pray, we are praying to God to answer our prayers, but we have to understand that he, that he will not do anything, that it is not within his nature or within his purposes, his will, to do. So understanding the nature of God is vital in helping us to know God in all his godliness. Then we can protect ourselves from disappointment. You see, God is not our insurance policy, as I'm sure many of us have found out, against difficult times. But he does promise he will be powerfully with us in the difficult times, and that we can trust him to be there. Another thing we can do is to join a home group, join a Bible study group. Because there we can study and share with one another, and become soaked in the words of encouragement that will bring us through difficult times. Have a word with one of us afterwards about that too. So in Mark chapter 8, we see that whilst Peter's simple answer, you are the Messiah, to Jesus' question, who do you say that I am, is fine, it doesn't go far enough in understanding the full implications that Jesus is God's anointed one, that Jesus is God's anointed one, and he must suffer and die for the sins of the world, and he does not accept that suffering and self-sacrifice is a vital part of our calling to be Jesus' disciples. It's just not, it's not just what we say, it's, what we go through, giving up our own needs for the sake of the kingdom of God. This was Jesus' message to the crowd, to his disciples, for the persecuted church to whom Mark was writing, and to us today. So, Jesus tells that crowd, we must deny ourselves and take up our cross. How do we do that? How practically do we do that? Well, do you know, if I were to hand the mic round now, I'm sure we could spend the next 20 minutes talking about that. Thinking of examples of people we know who denied themselves, took up the cross, and followed Jesus. But I'm just going to say two or three. um, Love the unlovely. Stand up for those who are suffering. Injustice. If we were to open up the mic, I'm sure you'd have more. The exploitation of the poor. Speak out about against the exploitation of the power of the poor. Justin Welby has been doing that this week. And why do we do this? Because God has given us rules, because Jesus said you've got to do this, 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 is it rules? No. It's because he is the king of our hearts, who is our rock and our refuge in whom we find perfect freedom. And because his Holy Spirit is powerfully living in us, so we are partners with God to bring about change in our broken world, that his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. And now let's stand to sing. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. Please stand to sing.
4: Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The I drink from, oh, it's my song, let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the answer for my life, oh, it's my song, you are good, You're good. the King of my heart be the wind inside my stairs, the anchor in the waves, oh, yes, my song. Let the King of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, is my song, you are good. Good, oh, oh, you You are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh, you are
2: good,
4: good, oh, you're never gonna let never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down down. Cause you are good Good, oh You are good Good, good, oh, you are good. good,
2: oh.
0: Want to strike the winning goal? Want to lift the cup? Share the celebrations. Revel in the team spirit. Have a laugh with your mates. The manager knows what he's doing. He's led the team to victory before. Six points clear. Top of the Premier League. Amazing. Unstoppable. Unbeatable. It's like Leicester all over again. (laughs) They found a king under the car park and then they won the Premier League. Fancy joining the team? So assuming that you're all into football, assuming that football is your thing. Would this interest you? If you were to see or hear this advert, would this interest you? Would it be something that grabs you? And actually, do the words persuade you to join? What do you think? Any responses? Richard saying, yes, I want want to do that. (laughs) Or there's another one. Think of all of those hours on the training pitch, in the wind, and the rain, and the hail, always watching what you eat, missing your daughter's first birthday for the big match, slipping down the table, tasting bitter defeat, injuring your hamstring, no hope for call-up to the national team, left on the bench. The manager does know what he's doing, doesn't he? The press once called this the golden team, once. Fancy joining the team now? Words can be very encouraging, very persuasive, very very kind of very positive. And I wonder how would you describe church? How would you describe church? If you were trying to sell church to someone with your words, how would you do it? Would it be positive? Would it be encouraging, or would you use would you use more negative or discouraging words? Hello again. I want to encourage you all to be as open and honest as you can be about church, whether you feel like it's the best thing in the world or whether you look at it and think there's a lot wrong with it. I encourage you to all be open. Query the stereotypical questions of, are you sure? Do you really mean that? And can you give me some examples when people are asking you about church, when people are asking you these questions? And of course, what's even more important than what we say about church is what we say about Jesus. What words would you use to describe Jesus more than anything? And the the key question in today's gospel was who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? Just shout out some responses for me. Saviour, Lord. Son Son of God. All of these things are all true. But imagine if you didn't come to church, imagine if you didn't know Jesus, imagine if this wasn't real, how would you see it then? How would you describe it then? And actually, how would you want it to be described to you if someone was trying to sell you the truth that Jesus is good news, if someone was trying to sell you the fact that church is good news for all of us? How would you want to hear that? What What could we do as a church or individuals to spread the news of Jesus? What could we do to lift the church up again? What could we do as people to make church a place which sounds exciting? What words could we use? What exciting things could we say? That's my challenge is how well at this moment do you think you could sell the church? How well at this moment do you think you could spread the news of Jesus? What words would you use? Remembering that our words are powerful, how would you do it? Thank you.
1: You know, everything has its jargon, every sort of element of life has its jargon. So uh, the world of education that I'm sort of in has its jargon, and if they use the word differentiation, it's just a word they've sort of thought up. Differentiation is something you do in maths, it's a mathematical thing, but education has sort of adopted it to mean something else. What about medicine? They have all sorts of things. I'm very proud, although a little bit pained, to have a current condition, which I'm have finally learned what the word is. It's trochanteric pain syndrome. So if I've got trochanteric pain syndrome, which by the way I have got, and I've got it just at this moment, where do you think I'm hurting? (laughs) Well, no, it's not. It's my thigh, and your trochanteric um, tendon is your tendon that joins your bottom muscles to your femur, and I've managed to tear it, so it's sort of hurting a lot. Um, uh, so everything has its own words, and so does the words we use at, at church. And we try hard, but don't always succeed in saying things that you understand. I mean, I'm not sure how many of you could understand because I can't, the second verse of the first hymn we sung. That was pretty weird words, if you were looking at it. So we want to try to see about words. And I wonder what words that we use in church are words you either don't understand, or you've only recently learned, okay? Or you only recently learned what they mean, or you can remember not understanding them at some point. So I want some people to offer me some words that we use in church, and you think you might got it right, but you don't quite understand. Can I kick off, Philippa, by, please, could you, uh, the word I learnt before I preached last time was I really learnt what the word incarnation meant. That's my little start. Anyone like to say a word that they have recently learned or don't quite know what it means? Doxology. Sorry? <laughs> Doxology. Ooh, that's scary. By the way, I'm not going to tell you what they mean. <laughs> Anyone else got some? Ecumenical. <laughs> Ecumenical. <Of course>. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good one. Any other long words? Yes, D- Becky. Righteousness. Righteousness. That's a... Uh, my word, this is a rotten job to give Philippa, by the way, because, <laughs> because these are going to be long words, so they're going to be very difficult to spell. And even if you're a good speller, it's hard to spell writing on a whiteboard. Oh.
3: Catholic, as in the creed.
1: Catholic, as when it's used in the creed. Catholic. Small C. Small c. What was that one? Small C. <laughs> a small C. A small C. A sm- Catholic with a small C, yes. Anything else? Or is everyone else happy with... uh Magnificat. Ooh. Yes, David did suggest Super X to be allidocious <laughs> over here, but not sure which book. Probably in the Apocrypha, I think, maybe. Apocrypha. <laughs> Thank you. Right. <laughs> I think there might be a in it somewhere about it. No, probably not. Nick. Religion. Ooh. Philippa. I think that's a good little little list there, okay, so those are some words that we 're sort of not sure about, maybe some of those you 're really sure about, maybe you aren't sure about them. The wonderful thing is that all of those words in one way or another, actually tell us more about what it 's like to be a Christian and what it 's like to actually uh, follow Jesus in many cases. So incarnation is a fantastic word that actually means all included in that word is the whole fact of God becoming a human being to save us. That is in the word incarnation. That's sort of all tied up in that word. So it's a useful word to use sometimes. Okay, Well, I don't know what doxology means. Any suggestion, John, on doxology? So doxology is just a a song of praise. We use it uh, sometimes to be a praise at the end of a service as a praise song. Uh, Ecumenical, Jesus said, it's my prayer that you should all be one. He was really clear about that. He didn't want churches to divide themselves off and have uh, enmity, have uh, bad feelings between each other and that sort of thing. And it was starting even sort of 70 years after Jesus died. And there, people were saying in some of the churches, I follow Peter, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. And they were getting themselves into different groups. So that wasn't very, very good. Who would like to have a crack at righteousness for us? Who would like to have a suggestion to what righteousness might mean? Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially you, Lorraine. From. (laughs) What you told us in our when you were blessed this week, so that was good. I suppose it means being right before God, uh, and we can only become right before God through uh, asking Jesus to forgive us and claiming His death on the cross as a, a forgi- uh, and our forgiveness of our sins. I think Catholic means worldwide, but am I right? Yes. So Catholic universal, worldwide. Magnificat is easy. Um, see, that's what you should never say as a teacher, should you? But at least I know exactly what that means. Uh, uh, and that is what Mary said in the bit of the Bible that says, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And that is a bit of scripture there uh, is, has been called the Magnificat. Now, you know what the Apocrypha is, which is a series of books uh, between the Old and New Testament. Uh, I don't know if anyone's got into those, but some of them are quite interesting and uh, worthy of having a look at. Some of the words in them we actually use from time to time, and so that's the Apocrypha. And religion, I suppose, is its really what worldwide it's what um c.s lewis talked about as the god-shaped gap as the god-shaped hole that people have a desire to worship someone and so we see religion all over the world and uh, we however know that jesus said i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but by me So when we talk to people about the Bible, and when we talk to people about the Christian life, we want to avoid using those long, complicated words. Sometimes those long, complicated words, the jargon words, are quite useful if you know that other people know what they mean. But words really matter. So when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about our faith, let's use simple words so that people clearly understand what we mean.
5: We're now going to um, pray, and I wonder whether our four prayers could come to the front, please. And here. Oh, four there. Oh, four here.
1: In anticipation of International Day of Peace, we pray for our leaders, that they would speak words of unity, not division, words of friendship, not hatred, words that build up rather than belittle. In Jesus' name, amen. A
3: prayer of praise and thanksgiving for children. Thank you, living God, for giving us the words of the Bible to help us live today. Thank you for the words of Jesus that challenge and inspire us. And thank you most of all for loving us beyond words. Amen. Forgive us, dear God, when we use words to hurt others. Help us to be people who speak words of encouragement and kindness. May we say may all we say reflect the love you showed for us on the cross. Amen. Intercessory prayer, a prayer for others. Dear Jesus, bless those who are imprisoned for speaking out in your name. Those who are harmed for speaking the truth. In corrupt places, those who have had to leave their homes for speaking peace in violent places. Be their friend and protect them, we pray. Amen.
5: Now, we are going to sing together <coughs> the doxology. Um, we're going to start with the one that, if you're my age, you might have sung when you were a child. <laughs> and then we're going to move into the one that, um, the same doxology but different tune, um, that we were singing in this church Um, At the time, I remember we sang it in our church when we turned the whole church round. I think that was 1997. And we had a baptism, and I can remember singing it at that service. (laughs) So maybe within that, you will know one of those. Um, And it's a sort of way of all of us, all ages, um, singing praise to God. And while we do that, we'll also send the collection tubes around all can I borrow can I borrow some um, collection tube to say
4: From whom all blessings flow, praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him
2: above you, heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise
4: God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, him all creatures here
2: below. Praise Him above you, heavenly hosts. Praise
4: Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You gave glory to Praise Him above you, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, Creator,
2: Savior, Praise Him above you, heavenly host. Praise Father.
0: Commission for this week to encourage you to live out your faith, encourage all of you to put this week your faith into action. No matter how big or how small, no matter how powerful you feel that might be right now, I encourage you this week to go out and make the most of your faith. Put it into action. Let the people around you see that Jesus is alive and that your words matter. Find someone, maybe, who's going through a difficult time. Encourage them, uplift them, share with them the good news of what Jesus can do for them. And remember that our words, the words that we use, are powerful. Ascending out prayer. God, may we go with your praise on our lips and your love in our hearts. May we be prepared to give our whole lives to you. Whatever that means, wherever that leads, help us to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And a final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he guide you in your words and actions and give you peace. Amen. Thank you. There is coffee out the back, of course.